Rights listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of Reno Whites. My name is Connor McQuibby. I'm your host, as always. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Renoites is the podcast where I interview people from Reno that are doing interesting and important things. This week on the podcast, I'm very excited to welcome Brianna Dolan, one of the founders of the Reno Tahoe International Art Show. That is happening this coming weekend, September 8th through 11th. It's a large-scale arts fair at the Reno Sparks Convention Center and a couple other venues. Really exciting. All of the local arts organizations are involved. And Brianna told me all about how it came to be working with all of the various arts organizations in Reno, Reno as an arts city in general, a really great episode. And I'm very excited to be able to have another episode that is highlighting our local artistic community. Before we get into the episode, a quick favor to ask, if you enjoy the show, I would love for you to become a supporting patron on Patreon. It's a website that allows creators like me to have a listener supported show. This show takes a lot of time to make and a little bit of money. So if you enjoy the show, if you would, you know, throw a couple bucks in the tip jar if I was right in front of you, I really would love for you to go to patreon.com slash renoites and sign up to support the show financially. There's all different levels you can subscribe at, as low as three bucks a month. Three bucks a month, that's about a dollar an episode. It really does make a huge difference, and I really appreciate the support from my patrons. I have a few higher dollar patrons that I'm really grateful for. They make a huge difference. Thank you so much to Vicky Musney from DJ Trivia. I host DJ Trivia at several local venues, and it is such a fun job. Really appreciate Vicky's support on this project from the very beginning. Also, huge shout out to Abby Whitaker from the Abbey Agency and Mike Van Houten from Downtown Makeover, a local blog that covers all of the development projects happening in downtown Reno. Thank you so much for all of my existing patrons and listener. I hope that you will join them. Again, that's patreon.com. Slash Renoites. As always, my email address is Connor, C O N O R, at Renoites.com. If you have any guest suggestions, feedback, ideas for topics, whatever, so please shoot me an email, Connor at Renoites.com, or find me on Instagram at Renoites on Instagram. Shoot me a message on there is always a good way to keep in touch. And now, this week's guest, Brianna Dolan. Brianna Dolan, welcome to Renoites. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Connor. I'm excited about this. Yeah, me too. So you are behind the Reno Tahoe International Art Show, which is this coming weekend. And I'm excited to talk to you about art stuff. I've done a handful of arts episodes, but the event that you're doing is a little bit different than anything I think we have in Reno right now. I know Reno has kind of a growing art scene in recent years as part of a focus by the city to rebrand itself and be, you know, we have Art Town. But this type of event that you're doing is new to Reno, this kind of big art event. What is the Reno Tahoe International Art Show? And why do you think it is the right time to do something like this? Or why does this fit into the Reno arts world, specifically in kind of the format that you're doing? So it's actually the first um, international art show of its kind on the West. At first, we were saying it's Reno's first, and then we were saying it's Nevada's first, but actually, there's really no other event like it on this side of the country. So that is exciting on its own, and it's big, and we're hoping to make it bigger every year. So it it has a, a few different components, the first being fine art, and the focus of the fine art being first our regional artists. We, my dad and I, my dad is my co-founder, Kevin O'Keefe, we moved to Reno about two years ago, and since we've moved, we've been continuously surprised by what amazing artists we have and and the quality, um, not just the quantity, but the quality of the work. 
every day we meet a new artist or a creator or a designer who is just blowing our socks off. And I think that is the foundation of this this whole thing. We already have this amazing art scene here in Reno that's kind of um, a surprise to, to many people that were coming from the outside or look at Reno from the outside. And then with COVID, so many people obviously moving to this region. That's, that's another huge aspect. Um, mm-hmm. So much change going on. In, in populations, but also change in perspective. I mean, there's just been so much, people are looking at things, everything differently really since COVID because it's this, well, maybe that could work or maybe, or why not? Why not try something just completely fresh? And so we're kind of approaching this. It's, it is an art fair and there's many art fairs around the country, but this is very specific to Reno, uh, Reno Tahoe and the, in the entire region. So we're including a bunch of musicians. We've got the fine art aspect. We've got uh, bespoke furniture, much of which is coming from the generator and from Tahoe. And um, we have short films. The Cordillera International Film Festival has been so kind to put together a great program for us. We're really excited about that aspect of it. We've got neon. We've got sculptures coming from Burning Man, um, sculptures coming from actually the entire country, much of which is connected to the uh, Buffalo Creek Art Center in Gardnerville. A lot of those alumni artists are bringing pieces from as far as New York. So we're we're just really excited about how much is going on with the show, with the show. I mean, it didn't mm-hmm. start that way, but over the past year, we just keep adding on and adding on, which is exhausting. But I think it's going to really be a cool experience for everyone. Yeah. And I mean, that's the goal, right? You said you want it to grow over time. And does that happen naturally, too, as people find out about it and you, you know, you contact more local artists? Is there a lot of work that go? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of work that goes on in bringing people into this. But have you found that over the process of planning it, that you've kind of had some natural connections that have come around and become part of it too? Oh, definitely. And we had the benefit of starting the Reno Fine Arts Collective first before we started this whole show effort. So we had many of the artists who were already involved with the collective come on as just an easy starting point for us for the show. The difficult part was the second component of the fine art piece, which is the galleries coming from outside of the region. Galleries and features, and I think we did a lot of selling of Reno Tahoe in the first part of this year, going to the various art fairs, meeting gallerists and artists around, especially in the West, but as far as Chicago too, and just explaining what's happening in Reno. And, you know, we're, we're overcoming a massive uh, stigma, I think, that's unfortunately uh, been just trailing Reno. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> then it's the Reno 911. It's the, we think every, everyone thinks it's by Vegas. There's just like no comprehension about where Reno is, <laughs> what it is, who, who right. is Reno. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think everyone who lives in Reno or has some connection with Reno knows Reno, but there's a oh, lot yeah. of people who just, um, their only exposure to Reno is through things like that. Yes, exactly. And, and, and we were kind of familiar with that aspect of it already coming from New York um, and Connecticut most recently. And I was telling my coworkers when I first was planning to move out here that I was going to Reno and they just looked at me like, what? Why? <laughs> first of all, they didn't know what it was. So I think that was the problem. But that piece of it explaining what's actually happening and being so passionate and excited about the region and speaking to people from all walks of life about it has been actually one of my favorite parts of this whole experience because people are listening and they're they're excited to try it. I think there's some hesitation as a for a first time event, no matter what it is, especially if it's a first time ever art show in this area. I think that there was some like, okay, we'll see how it goes the first year kind of thing. But we still have some amazing galleries coming from from all over. And uh, we have a pretty large pavilion of First Nations and indigenous peoples 
And that's like 20 artists coming from all over with jewelry, sculptures, ceramics. It's going to be a very interesting presentation, I think, for for Renoites and everyone else coming from afar. Yeah. Is the show for like art enthusiasts? Is it for art consumers to be purchasing art? Is it for artists to connect with one another? Obviously, the answer is probably all of those things to some degree. But um, who do you think of the entire region is really stands to benefit the most from an event like this? In its foundation, the Reno Tahoe International Art Show is a fair. So everything's for sale. It's not a museum exhibit. It is a really super interactive marketplace for art of all kinds. So from the fine art to the design, the Burning Man sculptures are all for sale. I mean, we're going to have some some pieces that are 30 feet tall, some 30 feet wide, just of all kinds of interesting content. Um, I'm sure most of them will still have dust on them from coming <laughs> off the desert. But that piece of it and allowing people to take pride in what is already here and what's coming into Reno and being able to purchase it if they'd like, it's fundamentally a marketplace. Beyond that, it's definitely for art enthusiasts and just just community enthusiasts. I mean, to be able to come in and sit down for a half hour and watch a bunch of short films that are world class, that piece of it alone, is, um, it's for everyone. And you don't have to buy anything, <laughs> but you mm-hmm. do have to buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I'm glad that you have that partnership with Cordillera because I had Emily Skyle, um, the founder of Cordillera, on the podcast. And it's always exciting to hear about new arts related events in the area because, you know, that's what makes Reno, Northern Nevada so exciting is that I think we are growing and changing a lot. And there are things that Cordillera, I think, just had their fifth year. This is your first year at this. And then we have some long running art events like Art Town is, I think, over 20 years, 25 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always exciting when there's new stuff coming into the area around the arts and culture. We have this great slogan that actually one of our uh, that our awards judges actually said in passing, but it so defines what we're trying to do. And and it's something that Emily and I connected on right away because we both kind of said it at the same time too, um, is Reno, Nevada, dot, 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 who knew? <laughs> this is like all these amazing events and people and things going on. And, and who knew? I mean, even people here don't really recognize how lucky we are to have all these things happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's there's so much going on. One of the things that I've learned largely from doing this podcast is that now I keep more of an eye on kind of community events and things that are happening. And there is just so many things. There's every day, every weekend, especially in the summer when the weather is good. Like even the international art show is the same time, same weekend as the balloon races, right? So -hmm. that's another like huge regional event that people who aren't from Reno might not even realize is one of like the biggest free balloon events in the country or in the world, maybe. I know it's amazing. Uh, so it is really exciting that, you know, there's all these things that are kind of under the radar, I think, for people from outside of the area. But if you're here in Reno and you pay attention, it's just like an endless buffet of great things to do. It is. Yeah. And we're happy to to join the fun because I think that, uh, you know, events are back. I mean, as we've just said in the last five minutes, they, they are back and people are so happy to be with each other again and doing things and trying new things and so I think this is a good year for that, too, to be launching something new. Yeah. Um, when I hear art show, the first thing I immediately think of is like the visual arts. But there's a lot of musical acts. I see there's like 80 something musical acts all weekend long. And it seems like a really big part of the event to have live music. So can you talk a little bit about why music is such an important element of the show? Yes. And it's and I think it's a natural extension from the fine arts. I mean, it's something that 
this whole show from the beginning, we keep going back to the sentiment of just wanting, first of all, Reno and the larger region to take pride in our artists and, and the things that are coming out of this region or coming into it. And music is definitely a piece of that. We have a pretty amazing local um, music scene, and we've been lucky enough to tap into that for the show. In fact, the opening event, we have a VIP night on the Thursday, the 8th of September, but the following night, Friday, we're doing an opening night concert at Cargo Concert Hall at Whitney Peak. And that's a true celebration of the musical talent that's coming into the show. The Reno All-Star Collective is something we're calling the group that's performing with all the, the regional artists coming together for one time only. They've been practicing and we're so excited to be able to celebrate that group of people. And the San Francisco's Jazz Mafia will also be performing at the same night. Um, so just be fun. I mean, no other art fair has fun things like that. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I think that's smart to have, uh, you know, a wide variety of things for people to enjoy because there might be people who are very interested in the music, but not as interested in the visual art stuff. Or there might be people who are interested in the sculptures, but not the films or things like that. So I think that exactly. diversity of options is probably a big value for the event, right? Definitely. And well, we also have two stages um, at the convention center at the show. So there's there'll be music happening at every second of the of the show. And if there's not music going on in one area, then you've got the, the films or we're doing a bunch of different RTIA show talks, we're calling them panel discussions of different things, different topics. I mean, really a wide range of topics. We've got everything from portraiture to A.I., and NFTs and immersive experiences, which is very on trend now, especially with Van Gogh just opening. And mm -hmm. um, that part of it is going to be cool, too. I think I mean, we just we picked the most interesting people that are going to be in the building to, to speak on stage. So um, we have about three, I think, talks every day. Really, there's something for everyone. Yeah, that's great. Tell me about the venue. So you said there's this opening event at Cargo Concert Hall. The main art show is at the convention center. I know there's an event at the museum, the Nevada Museum of Art. Can you just talk a little bit about the various venues and kind of what goes into deciding where events should be and what kind of space you want to use for, you know, such a diverse event like this? Definitely. Well, I think that this year we've got those three venues. So those are the venues, as you mentioned, and hopefully next year we'll kind of expand out even into more. The whole idea was to be able to present a weekend long art and design affair. So the main event takes place in the convention center. It's not really movable once you set it up. It's going to take a whole week for us to get the walls in there and paint mm -hmm. them all and tape them all. I mean, just we went through the production schedule today and I still have a headache. But um, <laughs> I think once everything's up and we've got the art on the walls, it's going to completely transform that space. So we've taken two parts of the convention center, the registration lobby and all the ballrooms. You walk under the main Reno Sparks Convention Center sign um, where the drop-off area is, and then from there, you're led through the entire show. We've got the Reno Tahoe Artist Awards is what's taking place at the museum, and that's actually a separate entity from the show. Um, it's its own awards program, and it's open to all Reno Tahoe regional artists. We opened it up, I think, back in May, um, so we had applications open for a couple months, and our judges are hard at work, I hope, <laughs> finishing this, uh, the judging uh, period. So at the museum, we're going to have uh, the announcement of the winners for eight categories of awards, mostly fine arts and digital art too, public art, and then one grand prize. So every, every winner uh, gets a cash prize. Plus a physical award, which is branded. It's very cool, and it's a surprise what that's going to be. And then there, we have a great partnership with a magazine, a publishing group that's going to feature the winner of the grand prize in the American Art Collector magazine. A whole a whole page feature 
in an upcoming issue. So that's a really cool piece of this whole effort that we hope to grow over time and, um, you know, bump up the awards and, and get more people involved. But that is going to be an annual thing that's happening alongside the show, I think, every year. Awesome. Um, you mentioned earlier the Reno Fine Arts Collective, which I know is this kind of initial step towards the show, right? Can you talk a little bit more about what the Reno Fine Arts Collective is or was and uh, the activities that you did and, and how that grew into the show and whether that was that the original intention? Can you just talk a little bit about the background of that collective? Absolutely. So the the collective was sort of a, a very organic process. So when we moved, um, my husband grew up here at Reno. So we moved in June 2020. And I was previously working, well, I was actually still working for a hospitality design firm in New York City, remotely, as everyone else was. But hospitality, as we all know, took a hit that year. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. so I naturally had um, some free time on my hands later on that year. And then my parents moved from uh, the East Coast to join us because we have three little kids. So they lasted one month before they decided to fly out too. (laughs) Um, And my dad and I have always done art on our own, just um, separately. I I do collage um, stuff and my dad does watercolor and oil um, painting. And he just started painting like crazy because there was nothing else going on. And he was filling his garage and he asked me if I could make a website for him. And I told him, if I'm making a website for you. I'm putting put my own art on there too. Then we then we took a minute to just get a lay of the land. And you know, it's the middle of COVID, so no one no one was really out and about. But once we started mm-hmm. to talking talking to people and just getting a better sense of what Reno really was as an arts and culture center, we were completely shocked and, and still continue to be. I mean, really, it's just an amazing amount of artists and art organizations. The organizations seem to work sort of independently from each other, which is not a problem. But I think being able to present them all, because we'll have all, you know, Holland Project, Sierra Arts Foundation, Latimer Club, Sierra Watercolor Society. I mean, everybody that has has a hold on the arts scene here in Reno will be present at the show, which I think is a great way for us to sort of show Reno Tahoe as a united front as far as the arts and culture goes. Mm-hmm. But um back to the collective, I think when we first started talking to all the artists in in town, there was two things that everyone said. They said, first, there's really nowhere for us to hang our art. And two, even if people in this area had money or were interested in buying art, they felt that they would go somewhere else rather than purchasing locally. Because for whatever reason, the local tag seems to have like a degrading effect. And, you know, instead of saying, oh, I got it from San Francisco or LA or whatever. Mm. The next step we took was to first put everyone together online as a the Reno Fine Arts Collective online gallery. And then last summer in July, we opened a pop-up gallery and that was at the bottom of the Chase building on South Virginia. And we had like 300 pieces of art, maybe even 400. We kept it open for about five months and just as a test to see, you know, is this true? <laughs> is it true that no one will buy art? And I think um, everyone who came into the gallery was, first of all, they asked if, if they had to pay to get in because it looked really nice in there. And then when we told just wanders, uh, anyone who came by that it was all regional artists, it was this shock factor, just like, wait, all of this art is regional and, and it's that good. <laughs> so it was a great way for us to understand the possibilities of what, what could be done with the show. So the pop-up gallery did close and I mean, it actually lasted a few months longer than we had originally intended, 
But we continue on online. And since we've closed, I think we've doubled the number of artists anyways. They just keep coming. And it, that's amazing. But we've been very busy with the show. So we haven't been able to, to focus on the next location, which we do hope to anchor somewhere downtown and really start a, an arts district in downtown Reno. That's part of this overarching vision that we established at that same time called the Reno Creative Movement. And actually, the grand prize winner of the awards will be the Reno Creative Movement Award. So it's this whole umbrella vision about forwarding Reno as an arts and culture destination, something that is recognized internally by everyone here and then everyone looking from the outside and not thinking first Reno 911 or Vegas. So that's that's where we started and that's where we continue pushing towards. There's a ton of local regional art featured in the show. And I looked at the list of the executive advisory board and it's basically like a who's who of every arts person and organization that I know of in the area. Can you talk a little bit about some of the organizations that you've worked with or the people that you've collaborated with to make this whole thing happen? Because I know a lot of things like this just involve heavy, heavy collaboration between all of these different uh, oh, people and groups. Completely, completely. I mean, the, so it's my dad and I that that got this started, but that's pretty much all we've done. I mean, we've just kept forwarding it, but all the best ideas, all of the support that we've received from all of our supporters um, and partners, our sponsors, I mean, and the the board, it, they're the ones that are driving this forward. The Cordillera connection that was seemingly uh, just fell into our laps and has been a great addition. And we have, you know, all the, the local politicians have been so supportive. And I think that, that was one thing. My dad comes from a trade show background and he's launched shows all over the world. And he frequently references all the struggles he has had in the past with launching new shows, with just people doubting you or not supporting whatever it is. And, you know, the shows typically aren't as fun as an art show. But we have just received uh, so much support. You know, the whole First Nations Indigenous Peoples Pavilion wouldn't have happened without the help of Ronald Chi and his wife, Leslie, who are on our executive advisory board as well. They really connected us to so many great artists and have made that pavilion come to life. And the same applies for almost everything. And like, it's been one amazing sort of what thing after another. We had one of our biggest exhibitors coming from Florida dropped out, just a, a, a devastating family issue. And literally that afternoon that he dropped out, we got a call from we got a call from the Wyoming Working Group who has a, a number of um, Pollock, Jackson Pollock paintings. It's such an interesting story. They're called the, the Pollock Paradigm. So it's these lost works of Pollock that are attributed to him and have been scientifically proven that they are his, but they have not been officially given the stamp of approval from the foundation, the um, Krasner Pollock Foundation. So we'll have those on display. And I think they have started to do a couple different films and documentaries about this storyline just because it's so interesting. And um, so it's a 50 foot booth that will have these Pollocks in. And we just are super jazzed about that addition to the show. Cause I think, I mean, it's Jackson Pollock. It's amazing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know one of your dad's focuses with uh, ICFF, the international contemporary furniture fair was the, the international part, right? So I know Lake Tahoe is already kind of an international destination. We talked a little about Reno being under the radar, and there's a big focus on regional art right now. But you mentioned you want to grow. So can you talk a little bit about what that 
might look like. When we met before and talked a little bit, you talked about Art Basel and Miami, where Miami didn't really have a reputation as an art city. It had a lot of culture, but not really an art city. And then, you know, an event basically brought artists and brought artistic community and uh, had a big part in rebranding the city itself. So can you talk a little bit about kind of the international or outside of the regional appeal or strategy to change the perception of Reno? Yes. So I, we're actually, we, we have achieved the international aspect for this show, not maybe as much as we wanted to initially, but we have a number of the sculptures coming in from Russia, Amsterdam, Canada. We have a bunch of Indian art too from India. And so that piece of it is, it was an exciting addition, but what we see as far as growth is, I mean, the convention center is not a small place. So we want to be able to expand just in that center. It's a beautiful building. And and, you know, you had asked me earlier about where how you decide a venue. The convention center, I think, was a safe place with my dad because he's been working in convention centers for forever. But Reno's convention center, it, it really is quite a nice building. And it's been really great to work with that team. And we've we've had a great experience. So we envision taking a couple more halls next year. The Burning Man piece of it came together kind of a, at the last, I mean, at one of the later moments in the planning so we sort of envisioned that piece of it growing into its own hall. I mean, the the First Nations piece of it could grow significantly as well. So now we're talking about the end goal being a full facility at the convention center and filling it with these these different aspects of the show: the the fine the regional fine art, the galleries, the features, the film, the neon alone. I mean, we have there's a, such an, an enormous collection of neon and neon creators in this town. And around. And I think that we can cer- certainly add to that piece of it and have that be something interesting too. And we've actually just been meeting a lot with the local breweries in the last week. And I think we're going to have a great representation of local breweries um, sponsoring some bars at the, at the show, which is just another piece of being able to share the culture of this area. And just, you know, what a surprise. I mean, this stuff is really great. Yeah, that's awesome. So Northern Nevada has this unique mix of artistic influences. You mentioned Burning Man. I always think of Burning Man as kind of the most visible uh, representation of Northern Nevada art because we have all these public sculptures. And I think when you say Burning Man art, people can kind of envision that really easily. And then we're also, you know, in the Sierras. So I think that probably contributes to a lot of the type of art that's created here, maybe more uh, you know, landscape things, outdoors things. There's some elements of, you know, the, the mountains and nature. And then also Reno's kind of lost, I think, a lot of its uh, like kitschy neon. You mentioned the neon a lot. I think we've lost a little bit of that as part of our general aesthetic in Reno, but obviously it still underlies, I think, the art culture here. Like people that have been living and working and making art in Reno are very familiar with like the look and feel of Reno as it was and as it is now. So generally with all these different influences, what do you think makes this area particularly special for working artists? Is it uh, the variety of influences? That's a good question. I think that, I mean, geographically, no one can deny how beautiful it is in any part of this region. It's just there's something to see, and, and every time of day is something totally new. Every day is different, even though we have, what, like 300 days of sunshine here? You'll, it's never the same sunshine, you know, you, the the shadows of the mountains. I mean, you can go on for, for ages, but I think that people, artists especially that find themselves in this area, have a hard time leaving for, for just the beauty of it. But as far as artists that grew up here or people that grew up here, uh, I think there's something to be said, again, with all the art organizations and just how much 
how uh, diverse it is. Typically, you would not say in the same sentence Burning Man and say Latimer Club or Nevada Museum of Art or Sierra Arts Foundation, it, it, but they are connected because it's this um, this pool of energy that that is shared. I think, and of course, there's different niches uh, for everyone, but to be able to 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 literally walk from these different or- organizations. And Tahoe's the same way. I mean, all over, all around the lake, there's some really incredible art organizations that are all quite different. I mean, from the plein air painting, people just painting outside, you know, and learning from each other, to these amazing bespoke furniture creators that are just working with found wood and found objects. And they must be tapping into some kind of mountain creativity because it is something you can feel when you talk to people who are doing that. And it's not just artists or, or furniture makers, it's creators of many types. And I think that when you have something in front of you that that connects to this larger community and larger sense of appreciation for the greater beauty, uh, it's it's pretty powerful. And I think people will feel that at the show because they'll be they'll be jam packed with the with artists. <laughs> Uh, One of the concerns that I've heard from a lot of local artists is that there's, we talked a little bit about this, there's not as much of a market as they would like for there to be for, you know, quote unquote, local art, regional art, uh, whatever you want to call it. And it's just hard to make a living here as an artist. Uh, I have friends who have left Reno because, you know, they can make more money somewhere else, which is really unfortunate because we want to keep this artistic talent here in Reno. So I know part of what you're trying to do is change that perception of the local and regional art here so that it has more, you know, inherent value for art consumers. How does that work? Creating the idea that local art is is valuable, is uh, something that people will want to spend money on, will want to come here to spend money on. How is that a part of the the process? And is that a big focus in creating the economic conditions for uh, more arts community here? Because obviously we have the cultural conditions, but, uh, you know, we live in a capitalist society where people have to make a living and we got to have money moving around. What does that part of the the process look like, basically? Um, the economic piece, the, the marketing, the business of art here in Reno. It's a huge piece of it. Um, and I think that if you talk to some people, they will say, in order to be successful, an artist who has potential needs to leave this town go somewhere else, make the name for themselves, and then if they want to later on, they can come back. But why would we do that? <laughs> we, we, we shouldn't have to do that. So with the show, the focus is being able to promote it to the designers, the architects, the commercial geared professionals that will see, th- see this art and be able to look into the art they've seen already and be able to see that there's really not any difference. And this is a, a market right now that's untouched by it's not it's unpressured by unlike the other markets that we might come to mind first, like San Francisco or LA and both those cities have changed a lot with COVID, but I mean, New York, you can throw in there too. It just, the pricing is, is so different and it's kind of like, how did this even happen? It's the demand. And I think we have to go, we have, we cannot say, we cannot use the local as like this kitschy, you know, how, how nice how it's local. It, it cannot, we cannot refer to local artists that way. These are Reno Tahoe artists and make Reno Tahoe this desirable source, you know, much like what's happened even with Denver. I mean, Denver and Austin, there's a lot of movement, a lot of new new people, a lot of new energy in those cities. And so it's easier for someone to say, oh, these, this person's from Austin. And that automatically has some kind of value. Um mm-hmm. And it's strange the way the, the what happens like that, but I think once we 
we have the right attention in this area. It's a very, very quick and very natural progression of value. And, it, and it's not just from outsiders. It's also from the from inside our, our region. I mean, people have to, we cannot be saying, oh, oh, good. You, you know, you, you supported local artists, you know, no, it's like, I, I'm filling my walls with this stuff because I know it's, it's, it, the value is there and it's going to increase in value because of just the quality of, of the art. Yeah. I hadn't thought about other cities kind of developing and uh, like a respected arts identity as they became cooler. I always, I very often compare Reno to cities like Austin and Denver and Portland or whatever cities that have grown in their reputation for coolness over a period of time. And I think Reno is still on that kind of like growth trajectory where people are finding out about Reno. Like you mentioned during the pandemic, a lot of people are moving here from California and bringing some of that culture with them, recognizing the culture that was here already. I guess it hadn't occurred to me that part of being a like respected art city is a follow on effect from being a cool or desirable city in other ways. How much steering do you think goes into making it seen as artsy versus just artsy people coming here is a lot of that actually branding Reno and Reno has tried this already. You know, we've made an effort. Uh, you know, Reno is art town is the slogan of art town. How much is, uh, is kind of the intentional branding of a city as a good place for art and how much is just kind of a, a natural effect of hipness that comes as people come here? Well, I think you can brand as much as much as you possibly can, but it does take outside eyes to to come in. And I think that that's, that's going back to this whole movement of people during the pandemic. There's so many new eyes um, on Reno, coming through Reno, moving to Reno, and that expands to the Reno-Tahoe region. Having people who are, are coming from, say, San Francisco, I mean, that's that's a huge source of the movement. But those people are used to walking by a local gallery for them and seeing art of a similar type of a, of a much higher price tag. And so... Mm-hmm. It, it takes that like shock factor and, you know, self evaluation to be able to connect the dots <laughs> first to just be like, okay, what am I missing here <laughs> between three hours of distance? But no, I think that it, it, it's that. That's the one thing. Cause then people start talking about like, what is going on here? This is in, in the excitement factor. Then that is much easier spread when you get people that are new and like, like me and my dad. I mean, we, we are so excited to be part of this community and you know my husband grew up here and he obviously loves Reno and that's why we're here but and his whole family is here but when he came back he didn't even recognize half the half the places and I know Mm -hmm. I feel like I know more about Reno now than he does but that's the best part about it because there is still such a, a palatable character that people can recognize of what this region is but the outsiders coming in we can pick up on that and then build on it and that's where you see this this change coming and and just fresh, um, fresh motion forward. And I think that's, that's what starts the whole ball rolling to get the get the hip, the hip vibes and, and being mm-hmm. able to have everyone just recognizing this area for what it really is. It's not like we're, cha- we're not, we're rebranding only in the sense that we're overcoming some old stigmas, but everything else is already here. It's just making people aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think you're right about the fresh eyes thing. And just like your husband, I, you know, grew up in Reno, was gone for a long time and then came back and barely recognized the place because it had changed so much for the better. I was just so excited to be back in Reno and seeing all of this new, exciting stuff. And I think that's a very common conversation that I have with people. I know a lot of people who have left Reno and then 
come back after living other places with kind of a fresh set of eyes on a city that has changed a lot. And that excitement really comes back uh, just very rapidly. I think when you're not, you know, expecting, again, it kind of goes back to the the tagline of like, who knew you're not expecting Reno to be what it actually is now. And that's exciting. I think that's a, it's a good feeling to be pleasantly surprised by a place that you underestimated. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I don't think that that's going to stop. I mean, I really don't. I think that we're just we're just getting started as a as a region. And that's the best part about it, because you can feel that it, there really is no one that I've talked to that is not excited about about what's happening mm-hmm. to Reno. I mean, there's some people, of course, that complain about the traffic, but there's traffic everywhere and this really is not bad traffic. So <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mean, I understand if you have never experienced real traffic that you might think it is real traffic here in Reno, but uh, until you've spent an hour and a half sitting on a bridge without moving, I, I don't want to hear about your 10 minute delay. <laughs> yeah, I have no sympathy. My first job out of college was commuting from Irvine to LA and I would have to leave at 4am every single day. And I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I love the size of Reno. I mean, we'll, we're going to have some growing pains, I think, as the area continues to grow. Some of that might be traffic. Some of it might be parking. It's definitely housing. Like the price of housing right now is, I think, the biggest challenge for a city like us that are growing, you know, beyond our expectations or our capacity. So it's not going to be easy. And I understand there's going to be some challenges, but I am generally excited about the growth. I would much, much, much rather live in a city that people want to move to that is exciting and that uh, is bringing in new people and new culture and new art and new everything than the alternative. There are a lot of cities that are dying and uh, I would hate to be in one of those. Yeah. And, and the challenges that we're going to continue to experience are not unique to this this region. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's every city that's getting getting movement in or out or but you just it hits part of it's part of the course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so this event was created as out of a partnership and you and your dad, Kevin O'Keefe, who has a lot of experience in the world of events. So that's his background is these kind of events. Can you tell me a little bit about just what it's like working together on this project? Have you worked with your dad before? Obviously, this is a pretty big undertaking. So just tell me a little bit about your dad and working with him and your uh, experience of that. Um. <laughs> It's been actually it's been great working with my dad. Um, we we had never done anything like this before, and this whole project, the whole Reno creative movement, we didn't just like sit down and say, okay, this is what we're gonna do, and then this is what the next three years is gonna look like. There's been no discussion to date about that. It's kind of like one thing after the other after the other. Okay, like oh, this is making sense. Let's do this now. Let's do this now, and that's been real. It's been a cool experience, and it's been great to spend time with him. You know, we're both we're both kind of introverts, so going around and trying to <laughs> trying to sell the show and, and just sell the space was was entertaining for sure. Um, but it's been great. And, and um, I'm sitting in his house right now doing this interview. He's outside building art walls in his garage and painting them. So, you know, this whole this is a complete labor labor of love. I mean, we're do- we're doing every piece of the show. You know, we have we have some um people helping us obviously we have an amazing graphic designer our social media consultant uh, we've got somebody working with the music but other than that it's a it's a small group and um it's been it's been cool to be able to complain when i want to complain you know mm-hmm. i'm not dealing with the boss i'm dealing with my dad so i can i can frequently say what i feel <laughs> and the same with him so I think that that has been been a perk of the gig, but um, it's good. It's been good. I'm, I'm forced family time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's great. I mean, I imagine that that can be a challenge for a lot of people working that closely with with family or with people that they're that close with. So it's good that you are able to have a good working relationship. So I know often that can be a challenge. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, especially because we're doing all this all this travel the first part of the year we're going to these various art fairs and I have a 10 month old so here I am bringing like a travel pump along with me with my dad in the airport (laughs) and in like all these different hotels trying to find a place to do it and just I really need to someday write like a graphic novel about all my trauma (laughs) traveling (laughs) (laughs) but uh, overall it's he's been very understanding and and um you know, he. I think he loves having meetings at my house because all the kids um, truly appreciate his involvement in what we're doing. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Both your dad and yourself have a lot of experience with design of interior spaces. So he's done a lot of these kind of events. And you mentioned you worked with hospitality designer Adam Tahaney, who's kind of like legendary in the world of hospitality design, like hotels and celebrity restaurants and cruise ships and like all of these uh, really important spaces that people are meant to enjoy aesthetically. So what draws you to that are you and your dad both of designing spaces that people experience and uh you know it's a that's an art in and of itself. Oh, completely. Um so can you just talk a little bit about the interior design and the the creation of spaces and why that is important and why that appeals to you? For me, I I fell into that world because I was I wanted to be in a creative a creative environment and I wanted to be around creative people. I did was not trained in interior design and did that was not my background, but um, I always had a thing for the arts, I guess. Um, so but I also love to write. So that's that's how I found my way to work with work with Adam and his team in New York. I was doing all the communications and the marketing for them. I truly enjoyed being able to express in words what they were creating visually. And it, it was everything. I mean, so many interviews that Adam did and I, that I was, you know, helping him with or, or working with him on, it was all, always about like what inspires you, or what about the details, and it's and it all comes back to that. It's just like every tiny little piece of an interior space contributes to the experience as a whole, and it's not necessarily the space that you remember when you leave, but it's the it's that experience, that memory of the experience. So that's a world that I just was fascinated by about all the thought that goes into it months and months, years and years of some of these places that they were designing all for, you know, if it's a restaurant, it's all for like an hour's time when someone's experiencing that space. Hmm. So I think that that whole focus on the experience uh, really impacted me, especially creating an event like this where it's different. It's a, it's a, a temporary weekend thing, but my dad was drawn to the trade show experience Again, through design, actually, he was designing booths originally uh, when he first got into the business. He was actually building and designing the booths for other people like Ralph Lauren and and some others for various design events. But then he, you know, found his way into to leadership. And, um, you know, we with COVID, it was just kind of like, what? <laughs> you know, we were design we were designing cruise ships at the time when when COVID started. We were right in the middle of working with Seaborn designing these amazing ships and of course everything just stopped i mean there's mm-hmm. cruise ships was just like a nightmare scenario and no one was going to be going to trade shows and events of that kind so it was kind of nice to have a hard stop that way because obviously we had to rethink our whole future and relocated to reno th- thought about the things that truly mattered and this is what we came up with in the end <laughs> so it does come back to, to that design factor and just i think more than anything the experience uh 
the experience that you create through design and through the connection of people, you know, that, that bringing people together of a certain, for a certain purpose. And I think that that, that's what, that's everything. That's the, that's the experience. Yeah. So tell me again, when, uh, what are the dates of the show and how can people get tickets and learn more about it and, uh, and connect? I mean, this episode, I, like I said, will be out Tuesday. So the show is coming up very, very quickly. Uh, where can you send people to find out more? So it is the Reno Tahoe International Art Show. Our website is rtiashow.com. We also are on Instagram and Facebook with the same the same handle. Um, you can buy tickets online. I definitely recommend doing that because they're more expensive at the door. So you could just do that right through our website. It is Thursday, the 8th of September. Uh, is our VIP preview evening. And then the show continues through Sunday at 4 o'clock. And our hours Friday and Saturday are 10 to 6. So it's a jam-packed schedule. So I think that I would encourage anyone who has any interest in coming to the show to plan plan to be there for a while because there's just there's going to be a lot going on. It's not something you kind of breeze through. Plus, there'll be you know free beer tastings and other things to to keep keep everyone lingering. And I think yeah. uh, you'll you'll find something of interest for sure. What did we miss? What else do you want people to know about you or this event or the arts in Reno? What didn't we cover? Well, I think you did a pretty good job, Connor. <laughs> I, tr- I try. I try. I try to do my best to get through everything I can in an episode. But very often I find that I ask this question and guests are like, oh, yeah, there's this other thing that we want to talk about. Um, well, I'll, I'll finish. I'll finish with a question for you then. I decided I think I might try to do this on most of my episodes. Uh, who else should I talk to? Because I always ask for suggestions on what kind of guests I should have, what kind of episodes I do. And you've spent the last couple of years pretty heavily immersed in the arts community here in Reno. I want to have at least one arts related episode every season. So what uh, person or organization or topic do you think would make for another good episode of Renoites? Well, you are asking me to pick from the 500 exhibitors <laughs> coming to the show. Well, actually, someone someone that comes to mind, and I don't know if you've, you've already spoken to her or have this on your radar, but um, Vivian Zabatero over at the at the Lilly Museum of Art um, at UNR. She's the, oh no, I haven't talked to her yet. She's the curator over there, and she has been hugely helpful to us from the very beginning. And the Lilly, I think, is one of my favorite spaces in Reno to just walk through. It's a small little museum, but it's absolutely beautiful, and they the the curation is done just amazing um so vivian is great i recommend talking to her she's on our she's on our executive advisory board and she's a a judge for our awards so she deserves a good plug (laughs) excellent well brianna thank you so much for coming on the show i'm really excited about the event it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun and i am a firm believer in reno getting better all the time and events like this seem to be very aligned with that idea of new exciting bringing people together a lot of collaboration all the things that i really care about for this area uh seem to be pretty well embodied by an event like this so i really appreciate you making it happen because i think things like this don't just happen by themselves obviously (laughs) it takes a lot of initiative so uh, i'm glad that you are you know a driving force in that and thank you for coming on the show to to tell me about it i always love to be able to share events like this and get a little bit of behind the scenes with the people who make them happen. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Connor. No, it's been really great just getting to know you and, and being on the show. I, I've really enjoyed myself. So thank you. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Renoites. And special thanks to my guest this week, Brianna Dolan. 
I'm very excited about the Reno Tahoe International Art Show this weekend. Hope to see some of our listeners there. If you see me, say hi. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and spread the word. Share posts on social media. Tell your friends. Tell your family. This show has been super fun for me. Very rewarding. I've met so many great people. And I love bringing these conversations to the people of Reno. But there are a lot of folks in town who don't even know this podcast exists. There's tens of thousands of daily podcast listeners. A lot of them have never even heard of Renoites. So that's where you come in. Word of mouth means everything for a project like this. So please tell your friends, tell your family, spread the word, help people find the show. I really appreciate it. Again, if you want to support the show financially and help it become financially sustainable, which currently it is certainly not, you can go to patreon.com slash renoites. There's several different levels you can sign up at, some cool perks and merch and stuff at various levels. That's patreon.com slash renoites. This episode was produced by myself and my co-producer this season, Lynn Lazaro. And that's all I've got for you this week. See you next time. (laughs) 